Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 7 of Revelation chapter 13. We're going to be reading verses 3 and 4. Revelation 13, beginning in verse 3. And I saw one of his heads, as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And I'll stop reading there. Now, um, last time we were uh, looking at how the world marveled. That word translated as wondered is also translated as marveled. Uh, we went to a few places where the Lord Jesus had performed miracles, and those that witnessed those miracles marveled at the things that Christ had done. Now, there's a couple other verses I like to look at before we move on into verse 4. One is in Luke 24, Luke 24, and beginning in verse 12, it says, Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And that's a translation of the same word. It's translated here, wondering. And then also in verse 41, And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? This is when Christ is showing himself. He's making an appearance after his resurrection. And Peter wondered at that which was come to pass when they found the empty tomb. And the disciples also wondered. They marveled. And that uh, perhaps is more similar than the verses dealing with Christ's miracle because according to Revelation 13.3, one of his wounds, as it were, wounded to death, referring to the beast, Satan, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And that if his deadly wound was healed, if he had received a death blow at the cross, and he did, and that deadly wound was healed, then it's almost as though he's come back to life, that he's been resurrected. And as the Lord Jesus did die and was resurrected, and the true believers, like Peter, wondered at those things. Well, notice that God is very careful not to use that kind of language concerning the beast, concerning the devil, the dragon, and he, he doesn't speak of him coming back to life. He doesn't speak as though he's been resurrected. It's just that he was wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed because he's never had life. It, Satan uh, has also been judged, also died in his sin. There There is no life in him. There's life in God. 
but he's against God. And so God carefully avoids using terms or words that would imply that he possesses any life. It's just his deadly wound was healed. And then there's marveling at this. And we went into some detail last time thinking about that, how how the world marvels in the increased wickedness. And, and God has indicated that this would be something that would come to pass at the time of the end of the world. We read, for instance, in Matthew 24, it says in verse 11, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And then it says in um, the following verses, verse 13, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So in the context of the end of the world, God makes the statement that iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And when we uh, consider the biblical definition of love is keeping God's commandments, then waxing cold from love is no longer keeping God's commandments. Less and less, getting further and further away of that as we're we're personally witnessing the world do in these last years. And notice also, it says iniquity shall abound. Now the word abound is only translated abound here. Other times, uh, in other verses, it's translated as multiply. In Hebrews 6 and verse 13 and 14, it says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And both of those words, multiplying and multiply, are that same word that's translated as abound, which means that we can understand Matthew twenty four twelve as saying, Iniquity shall multiply. And notice how God used that with Abraham from a few to a great number. As the stars of the heaven, God says in some places, or as the sand of the sea will be the seed of Abraham. Well, so too will the sinfulness of men, or at least the, um, the outward sins, the, the sins they, they exhibit, they show forth, multiply and the love of many shall wax cold at the time of the end. And we, we can read this and, and we know absolutely what God is talking about. There, there is just no other period of history in all previous time, in all the world's, uh, generations leading up till today that can come even close to the multiplication of iniquity that we presently have in our world. And, and I don't care what nation you are from, it's, it's not just America, it's every nation. All the world has 
been given over, according to Romans 1, given up to sin and iniquity is tremendously increased. And this is an indicator of the deadly wound of Satan being healed, that he is once again active, active like he, he's never been before in a far greater way. And, and so the world wondered after the beast. And then it says in verse four, and they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worship the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Now notice how the world is said to worship the dragon and worship the beast. Why does God say it in that way, two different ways? Isn't the dragon Satan? Yes. Isn't the beast Satan? Yes. And and so it's a double emphasis that they will be worshiping Satan. And and uh, actually, you know, the Bible says in um, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. And in this world, in in this fallen world, um, since the fall of man to, into sin back in the Garden of Eden, there are two masters. There, there is the master who is the Lord Jesus Christ, and there is the master who is the devil, the dragon. And all people in their unregenerate state, in their unsaved condition, serve Satan. They they do homage to him. And and this is shown forth, it's exhibited when people serve sin, when they commit sin, and they go after sin, and, and they allow sin to have dominion over them, or when they love the world, because the world is really that which belongs to Satan. He won the victory over man in the Garden of Eden. He won through conquest all that man ruled over this world. And so to love the world is to show love for Satan, service to Satan. And and of course, no one wants to think that they're a devil worshiper. Uh, there, there's a few people. They, they outwardly do say they worship the devil and do service to him. And of course, there are very few that do that. That's very rare amongst mankind. But all unsaved people in reality, in their life, even though they don't say it and, and would be uh, stunned to even think it, are doing worship to Satan as... They want nothing to do with God. They want nothing to do with the Word of God. They don't want to obey God. They don't want to serve God as God lays down His law in His Word, the Bible. And therefore, they refuse God. They reject God in His Word as their master. And they're not independent. They're not a free agent. You know, that that's what people think, that they belong to themselves. They're... They're just an individual. 
you know, very independent-minded person. Well, I don't want nothing to do with religion. I don't want to serve God, as people say the Bible tells me to do. And and I don't want anything to do with any religion. I don't want to be a Muslim. I don't want to be a Hindu. I don't want to be anything. I'll, I'll just live my life independently. I'll do what I want to do. And um, I'll, I'll stay far and clear from religion. And I'm just going to enjoy myself. And I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to buy the things I want to buy. Uh, I'm going to get a nice house, a nice car. Maybe I'll get married. Maybe I'll have children. And I'm going to have a nice life that I fully intend to enjoy without God, without the Word of God. Well, that is a life that is dedicated to service to Satan, service to doing His will, because that's exactly what Satan would want someone to do. Of course, Satan would want people to do a thousand different things. He he would want them to be a Muslim. He would want them to be a Buddhist. He would want them to be a Hindu. He would want them to be an atheist. He would want people to be agnostic. He would want people to be a secularist or a humanist. He would want people to think that they're independent, that they're their own person, they're going to do things their way and and not bow down to anyone or anything. Satan would want that because it's a lie, it's a deceit, and therefore, through the lie, he is worshipped. Through the self-deception of man, he is worshipped. He is bowed down to. He is done homage. He is done service. And Satan doesn't care if if people acknowledge and, and comprehend and fully know that he's the one getting the worship. Remember back in the Garden of Eden, how did he win the battle? How did he overcome man to begin with? Through a lie. When when he said, eat of this tree and no harm will come to you, and uh, you, you will not surely die. Well, then Eve ate and Adam ate, and they died in sin. And they brought death into the world. And Satan was worshipped by our first parents. And since all are conceived in sin, born liars, born speaking lies, and since we commit sin in our hearts, in thought, in our words, in our deeds, and unless God intervenes, unless he has rescued us and delivered us from ourself and from the bondage from, uh, as it says in Second Timothy, let me turn there, in Second Timothy 2, it says in verse 25 and 26, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure or by chance will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. It's Satan's will that people are in prison, in darkness, in the spiritual dungeon. They're enslaved to their own sins, which which hold them fast. 
Yet it's his will because he won the early victory over man and he did it through the lie. He's the father of lies. And he has continued to declare lies all through history and people believe it. Uh, Is there any greater lie? Well, I don't know if we can rate lies and and um, assign degrees of greater or less, but but it certainly is a tremendous lie that the world has bought. Uh, hook, line, and sinker, as that expression goes. They have been taken in by it. And it's the lie of simply living your life in this world, in whatever country, in whatever city, wherever people find themselves, but living the lie of just enjoying yourself, of just seeking pleasure, of living a good life, living a life where you work hard and and you earn money and then you buy the things you want and you build a life for yourself. You, you build a home and you build a family and you gather friends around and you eat, drink, and be merry when possible and you just enjoy the days of your life and you try to have as much fun as you possibly can before sickness comes before death arrives before your life ends and and then you can say you had a good life what a terrible lie it is it's not a good life it's a miserable existence because it's a paltry length of time to live a few measly years or decades to live 40 50 70 80 years and and to have your body begin to age and see corruption and then to die as a result of your sin to die and to cease to be forevermore and for everything that you work for and everything you fought for and everything that was promised to you by this world in a moment, in an instant, at the point of your physical death, it's removed from you. It's gone from you. You know it no more. You have no more conscience existence. You don't know anything. All your love, all your, your hopes and dreams vanish. They're removed. It's like a puff of smoke that's gone forevermore. It's complete and utter vanity. And yet men, they, they don't want to look beyond it. They don't want to look into the future that's coming for them, the future that's beyond this world, into eternity. They, they don't want to think about God and his word and these uh, spiritual things about an existence that transcends this world. No, it, it's tunnel vision. It, it's focused on life. It, it's on um having fun this friday night and and just relaxing on saturday and now uh maybe going to work on sunday and 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 getting extra money to buy uh something that's better than i have and uh, what what a pitiful lot it is for the natural man it it's, it, it is extremely sorrowful and they're deserving of uh, much pity by the child of God. It, it is, um, so horrible a life that the world has accepted 
as this is it, this is all we have, and that's the lie of Satan. That's his deceitfulness, that he has set up the flashing lights that are but for a moment of this world. And he has said, all you can, all you can hope for is some temporal pleasure and, and you can't and shouldn't look for anything else. And it's, it's listening to the voice of the devil, the liar from the beginning, rather than the voice of God, which can be heard in the word of God, the Bible. Well, uh, let's go back to Revelation 13, verse 4. And they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worship the beast. And worship does not only take place within churches or within religious institutions. Worship is performed by who we do service to. Who rules our life? Who is the one that has that dominion, that authority and power over us? And again, the tragic truth is that over every unsaved person in the world, it is or has been Satan throughout history since the fall of man until the day of judgment. And then at that point, the Lord Jesus Christ has put him down from all position of rule and authority. And yet at this time that we're reading about in Revelation 13, it's the beginning of the Great Tribulation, this beginning surge of of power that God has himself bestowed and given to Satan, that he will have a final period of rule over the hearts and, and minds of men like he's never had before in history, and they will worship. And of course, this worship of the dragon and worship of the beast is is against the commandments of God. Uh, that's obvious. It, we read in Exodus 34, in verse 14, it says, For thou shalt worship no other god, for Jehovah, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous god. And God is bringing mankind into judgment. At this point in Revelation 13, the judgment begins on the house of God, on the church for the exact same reason. They have been involved in idolatry, in spiritual fornication. They have served other gods. They they have gone after the world's ideas. They, they have allowed it to enter into the church, which ought to have nothing to do with the world and its ideas. But through the world's music, through the world's philosophies, um, an example would be uh, the world begins to uh, to give equal rights to women. The church follows suit and says, well, it's time we start allowing women to be pastors and elders and deacons and have places of authority. Well, of course, that goes contrary to the law of God. It goes contrary to what we read in the Bible. And, and in doing so, they're worshiping other gods. They're allowing... Allowing the world to influence them. Allowing the world to become their authority. And the trends of the world to dictate what they will follow. And at this point, it doesn't matter. The church age is over. 
The church has been destroyed. They've all been bundled as tares, cast into the spiritual fire of the day of God's wrath. But we're, we're reading at the beginning of the Great Tribulation as God uh, speaks to us uh, through these verses in Revelation 13. And, and he's telling us of this worship that is taking place in the world. And, and by the way, when we read of the beast in these first few verses, this is primarily Satan in the world. Later in verse 11 of Revelation 13, we read of another beast that comes up. And that beast, uh, there's an image made to it. And that beast narrows our focus from Satan's rule in the world to Satan's rule in particular in the churches and congregations during the the period of the Great Tribulation. Well, we'll pick up in verse 4 when we get together in our next Bible study. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.